0: Joe Lenardi, ESPN Bracketologist. Welcome to Combo's Court, man. How you feeling today?
1: Of all the podcasts I've done, this is the top.
0: Combo Nation, what up, what up, what up, everyone? Welcome to episode 179. You heard that right, episode 179 of Combo's Court, and I am Combo. Get this done for me. Pause this episode, go rate and review the show wherever you listen to Combo's Court, then unpause it, tune right back in because we have a great show for you, man. Punch down on that subscribe button as well. Today's show ESPN bracketologist Joe Lenardi joins in to talk NCAA basketball, the G League Pathway program, and much more. You could find Joe on Twitter at ESPN Lenardi. That's ESPN. L-U-N-A-R-D-I You know you can find me on Instagram at 1-2-Combo That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O Intro music by Luca Beats Let's Get Into it Benardi, ESPN Bracketologist. Welcome to Combo's Court, man. How you feeling today?
1: Of all the podcasts I've done, this is the top. Oh, come on. You know
0: it, Joe. You know it, Joe. Um, Obviously, you're super, you're usually super busy in March and April, so what did you do with your time, man?
1: <laughs> you know, I spent most of today trying to talk some people off the ledge about next season. Oh, man. Yeah, we should get into that, too. I don't. I don't know. Well, I just don't know. And that usually means, you know, that there's reason to worry, but, you know, last year, uh, like everyone else, it was, you know, kind of an abrupt ending right at the peak of the buildup for the 2020 tournament. And, and you know, my immediate reactions at the time were being, you know, incredibly sad for the schools and the players and the fans involved. Right. Especially at schools for whom, you know, they're not perennials. Right, right. like no if I, I I'm not trying to speak ill about the seniors or the the long-term kids at Duke or Kentucky or Kansas or whatever. But I mean in 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 a typical four-year period, they're going to go to the tournament most of the time 100 percent, and and have an extended stay in the tournament much of the time right y- you know if you're Dayton if you're San Diego State if you're Penn State if you're Rutgers if 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 you're someone having a breakthrough that may not be perennial right you know that was my initial reaction like I'm really sad for them and and you know that when the cancellation came which was on that thursday afternoon uh you know my other thought to to be perfectly honest was you know i mean, i was in Connecticut. i hadn't been home i i live in outside of philadelphia i hadn't been home for about a week and a half right cuz that's kind of like crunch time and 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 i hadn't you know seen my family and and you know, I knew they were going through their own versions of what everyone was going through. And frankly, like once it was done, I just wanted to come home. Right, right. Like I didn't really have any desire to do postmortems or write articles or do mock brackets or do, you know, simulations. At, at that moment, I just wanted to get on a train and, and, and see my family.
0: You wanted to get back to your safe spot. You wanted to get back with your family,
1: right? I mean, it was—it's just human nature. I'm not saying that that was unique to me or you, right? Or right? It. Right? I and mean, you know, all right. Then I was—I was home for a couple of days, and it got to be when Selection Sunday would have been. Oh man! So I said, "Well, we got to put up a bracket." Right. And, and, and there was debate. Got- there
0: was debate over that, right? Should we do it? We do
1: yes. That? Right. Yes. And I was one thousand percent—not a hundred percent. I was 1000% sure that they would not do it really that that, that the NCAA would not release the, the, the would have been, or might have been bracket Uh, for for a bunch of reasons. Uh, Not the least of which was not all the games had been played. Right. And what I think seven of the seven or nine of the 32 automatic bids have been determined. Like, it just would have been a mess. Uh, and 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 then you would have had coaches and ADs, you know, arguing with their schools about getting bonuses for making the tournament. It just would have been a mess. Right. Uh, right. So I was 100, you know, 1,000% certain that wouldn't happen. And then I thought, okay, well, we got to do a pretend tournament somehow. And a lot of people did. Uh, but I, I did mine on Twitter and, and, you know, I threw in the, the some silliness and the requisite upsets and the 12 beating the five and, and all that. uh And, and, and that was like, that was fun. I think I did that because I was grieving like everyone else. Right. Loved, you know, add a little, college. add a little
0: bit of excitement, add a little bit
1: of excitement. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but you know, like by the time of final four weekend, like even that was tiresome. Like I was ready to move on. Like I didn't know what we were moving on to. I just wanted to get there, and right. and, and 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 that you know, late late March felt a little bit normal because I was doing that. April was really a drag, and any first world problems, right? Like, right, right. My family is sick, and, and, you know, I wasn't missing any meals. Exactly. So, I'm, like, understand, I understand that we're in the toy department of life here. Right, right. Uh, and then, thankfully, in Pennsylvania, uh, at the beginning of May, they, they opened up the golf courses, which is my off season addiction. I've heard, I've heard. And, and I'm not especially good, but I, (laughs) right. And, uh, that is, that is what, uh, I have spent a lot of May and June doing. I'm also teaching my old bracket class, uh, writing a book. Okay. uh, Some projects for next season, assuming, you know, the best possible. out. And this would be the slow period anyway. Uh, right. You know, like Memorial day to labor day is, you know, just keeping up with the basics and goofing off as much as possible. So you made it through the time you're usually busy and now you're back to the time it would
0: usually be laying low anyway. So it's kind of back to normal in a way.
1: You know, we get to mid mid September and into October when teams would be practicing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm trying not to think about it getting dark and cold. Right. without, Without the sound of the bouncing ball on the, on the hardwood that, some people got depressed in march and april i didn't i don't think people are going to want to be around me in october if uh if 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 we're not leading up to something
0: for sure for sure joe when people think of bracketology i think they think of you when they think of you i think they think of bracketology who coined the phrase and what are the biggest mixed conceptions about what you
1: do well it it, it's funny the the book that's being done as kind of the history of bracketology, if you will. And, and, and and to, to, to a lesser extent, I guess it's about, you know, me and how I became the bracketologist. Right. And, and and there is some dispute over the origin of the term between me and a, a writer friend at the Philadelphia Inquirer who covers college sports and who was the first person to interview me and use that term in print. Okay. And, and he claims with 100% seriousness that I called myself a bracketologist. I claim that he, he used it and that bracketology simply evolved from being the bracketologist. This sounds uh-huh. like
0: bracketology
1: beef. Did it, I come it, up, Did I well, did I come
0: up with that term? I might have come up with it.
1: You <laughs> did. I, I, this is Mike Benson. I he's probably right. Okay. Uh be, be, because that's what he does for a living and he's a good reporter and he probably took notes and you know the conversation took place in I don't know 1998 or something. And 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 you know i'm i'm simply willing to stipulate that i was the first right bracketologist and that when the word bracketology made it into the dictionary 4 or 5 years ago when so the it's letter, in webster it's in webster uh, it it's it's in the oxford english dictionary okay okay because i got a letter from the publisher in london wow congratulating me on getting a word in the dictionary that's super cool so super whoever cool. whoever decided to use the word first doesn't really matter because it, it it's going to be on my proverbial tombstone and it's going to be the first paragraph of my obituary
0: yeah that's legacy though man that's pretty cool joe
1: well i don't that's know cool. that if that's you know what you know if my parents were still alive you know our son the bracketologist doesn't necessarily have have the same ring as our son the lawyer or our son the surgeon or our son walked on the moon i think uh, it
0: well walk on the moon's pretty crazy but i think it's pretty cool to start your own thing you know there's been a million lawyers right
1: yeah oh. i get and there's probably been 20 30 people now have walked on the moon like right right i think it's pretty cool have, joe i might have some of them be <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's pretty cool joe um Joe, you know the G League pathway program. There's a lot of buzz around it. I guess not as much right now, but I guess there was a little more buzz about it, I'd say a month ago. Um, Do you feel this is a a big threat to the NCAA? Uh,
1: No. at, At least in the macro sense, right? I mean, there's now 357. Division one men's basketball pro- programs, or at least there will be in the 2021 season. Right. For coming. Right. Each of them can have 13 players on scholarship. Right. Now, I don't know what, off the top of my head, 357 times 13 is. But it's a lot. Yeah. So, like... The number of guys who would be opting out of college, their one year in college to do that, like in the macro sense, shouldn't really impact the whole. Right? Right. Right. But when you take away
0: guys like, let's say Zion and RJ last year went to the G League Pathway program, the NCAA would feel a little bit different. Right.
1: Right, like last year would have been dramatically different because it right. was all on all the time. Right, right, right. And more than a couple of years before that when kind of Trey Young was the guy, right? Right, 100%. Uh, like to me, I, like I, that's looking at th- through the, le- the micro lens of individuals. like Like the whole paying and compensating of players question and, and and I'm not talking about basic life expenses. Like, like they should be able to go get a pizza, okay? Right. Or, or whatever. You know, they should be able to, to sell autographs. They should be able to... Definitely. Uh, y- you know, have if, some kind of... If there's a video game, they should... Whatever paid. it is, like, they shouldn't yeah. have to, like, take money illegally from an agent to go out with their girlfriend. All right? right. Like whatever whatever the the like but to me the question there is the guys who are truly worth the money, okay, the Zions and yeah. Trey Young's who would command it, right? Right. Like like they could be getting paid to do something every Sunday night at a restaurant in their towns easily okay great like maybe they're the guys who shouldn't be in college to begin with right right and you know if if those if those guys stopped coming like if we go back to eliminating the one and done and zion goes straight to the pelicans right and and the guys a half a rung down go to the g league and we end up with three and four year college stars again, it will take a little while for the sport to readjust. Right. But I actually think that it might be better in the long run because the affinity at most schools, I'm not talking about Duke and Kentucky at most schools comes from the longevity of the players and the coaches. Right. Like, I'm thinking more like Doug McDermott. Yeah. Right? Who was probably the last senior to win the Wooden Award. Right. Like a four-year national player of the year. Okay? Yeah. You know, so we're now pushing a decade almost of not having that. But you know, if you go back and look at the first team all-market team you know, going back to the 50s and 60s, it it, it was all upperclassmen. Oh, yeah. For so the simple reason that older guys develop, and they're better. Yeah. Right? Like, Zion Williamson was great, but, like, he wasn't as good as a freshman as Lou Alcindor was as a junior and a senior. Oh, no. Or well, Bill yeah. Walton as a junior and a senior. No. And, frankly, those UCLA teams would wipe the floor with the one-and-done teams of today. Of course. Uh, and and you know, assuming the same style could be played and the same rules and shot clock and all of that, just because they're older, like the any G League team would win the NCA tournament. Oh yeah,
0: I mean, there's right. levels to basketball, man. There's levels. Like, like
1: with with reasonable <laughs> coaching and training and practice, the winner of this TBT. Tournament. I actually had uh, Dan Freil the okay uh, on my spot. Yep. Smart guy. Like yeah. that team would be a runaway one seat Overseas elite in, in in NCAA basketball. That's ridiculous. Like they though would, I, they would kick ass. <laughs> yeah, of course. And and, and I, make I, it look easy. And make it look easy. I'm not. You know, give Coach K or Bill Self or whomever, those players.
0: Right, 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 right.
1: For two or three or four years. And, you know, R.J. Barrett's going to get embarrassed. Yeah. Like the same way that, you know, Christian Laettner couldn't get in the game for the dream team. Right. Like Christian Laettner is arguably the most accomplished college basketball player of all time.
0: He did get into one all-star game,
1: though. no. No. But but I'm saying at that age. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Against Definitely. men. Yeah yeah. He was a boy. Oh yeah yeah. Right. Those and are, the, this, great, those, that, those are like, the
0: greatest players ever too. Like that
1: was right. You know? but, but he was like he's still the leading scorer in the history of the NCAA tournament. He went to four Final Fours and won two national championships.
0: Let me ask you this, Joe: Do you think Shaq could have got legitimate playing time on that team if he if he was there instead of Leitner?
1: probably yeah let me put it to you this way if either of them played 40 minutes the u.s is still rolling <laughs> oh yeah 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 they could put almost any five on that but i mean back but back i mean yeah. they had to put like leitner was the national player of the year they wanted a college player they had to pick them right um yeah you know and frankly well there's debate there's debate there was debate yeah the fact that that he beat Shaq for national player of the year. I think it's more common on Shaq than it is on later. Right. Shaq and LSU, like the LSU team had Shaq Stanley Roberts, who was seven, two and, and Chris Jackson. Yeah. Chris Jackson was a beast, man. So. Yeah. There aren't teams that good anymore. And, and I would like to see a college game in which. We're not kind of starting over every year, right? I I realize that sounds old school. And I also realize it's probably not going to happen in my professional lifetime. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't want to say resolved. It makes it sound like I'm miserable. Like I'm just, I accept that. I just preferred, you know, watching Leitner and Bobby Hurley and Grant Hill. Play together for many years because, like, I knew, I knew, like, I know more today about, like, Antonio Lang and Thomas Hill, who were, you know, role players on those Duke teams than I do about Zion and Cam Reddish and RJ Barrett. Right. You're just not around long enough. And then, you know, they go and they sit on the bench on, you know, some team in another time zone in the NBA that I might see twice all year and you know they they kind of disappear yeah. uh unless they become you know like larry bird and magic johnson yeah like, yeah you know if if they just become regular grade nba players they never have the same fame that they did when they were in college
0: no i mean i mean right. rj probably won't have the same fame zion has a chance no zion could be lebron but how many of them are are there? Yeah, no, not a, lot. not a lot. Not a lot. Joe, is it fair to say that the lowest levels of Division I college basketball are better and then the highest levels are worse? The lowest?
1: Uh, well, I think the middle levels of Division I are definitely better. Okay. Than, than, than they used to be. Okay. Like, I'm talking about, you know, the St. Mary's and the Dayton's and the San Diego's because the coaching is better. The training is better. The, 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 the film study, just the science, the sports science is better.
0: And also and, there's and, more uh, good, there's more good basketball players in high school. Probably there's more kids playing.
1: I, and, and, and they're playing year round now against yeah, right. higher level competition before they even get to the college ranks. So they're if, if they stay together and, 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 you know, it could be a Missouri Valley conference team or a mountain West conference team. You know, or even even like a, a lower-level major conference team like a Penn State that keeps a group together for a while, and then they get older and better together. Right. right? Now, the very, yeah. very bottom of Division One, like the bottom 100 or the bottom 80 teams. It's like D2? They shouldn't even be in Division One. Right, right. So, like, when the big boys say, why are we giving up so many slots in the tournament to the one-bid leagues? Right. While I generally rail against that from a defend-the-little-guy default setting, they're, they're not entirely wrong. Like, like, Division I, 50 years ago, had 120 fewer schools. And, you know, every... Cal Baptist and Grand Canyon, and you know this year four new ones Tarleton State, Dixie State, Bellarmine, and you know like the the University of Andrew or whatever they're just trying to grab they're just trying to grab a financial piece of the pie, like they're right. never going to be a national factor in the sport right. so. <laughs> You know, maybe, maybe we'd be better if we went back to 200 or 250. Yeah. Uh, But, but that's not the split that's going to happen someday. The split that's going to happen someday is, you know, the big boy football schools giving the finger to everyone else. Right. Because they can. I knew you were going there. I knew you were going there. And, and, you know, I don't like it. You don't like it. For the moment, CBS doesn't like it because, you know, Cinderella is a great draw in the early rounds of the tournament. 100%, yeah. Right? Whereas, you know, if, if the game you come home, if the game you call in sick at work to watch is the 11th place SEC team against the 13th place ACC team, the networks are smart enough to know that the average fan doesn't want to watch that because they're going to look at teams that are about 500 and go, Why are they in the tournament? Right. Which is why there should be tournament eligibility to begin with. But like that's another whole topic for another whole podcast. And that's never going to happen in my professional life either. But I'm willing to die on that hill because not to be arrogant, and there are some really smart people who oppose it. But I have the data, and as nicely as I can say this, I'm right. right, And the right. public is with me because I've, I've got them to vote on it. <laughs> <laughs> I learned a long time ago, before taking a lab public position, count the votes first. <laughs> Joe, so um, who is
0: the best team you have seen in the NCAA tournament during your time as a bracketologist? So obviously we can't count UCLA. I don't want to age you. You know, I don't want to age you. Um, No,
1: right, right,
0: right. (laughs) Who is the best team you've seen since you've been a
1: bracketologist? All right, so let's officially start the bracketology clock. Okay. At like 95. Okay. Because that that was when the first public bracket kind of was a thing on ESPN.com. Right, right, right. So, So I can't take, you know, the Duke... Later teams. I can't take UNLV when they were great, right? Super we're talented. Starting.
0: That that UNLV team was good. So they were talented. really
1: good. They were really good. So yeah. since since ninety five, the, the probably well, these teams would be on the short list. The Kentucky team that with Anthony Davis, like they were outrageous. The, the, they were great. And Anthony
0: Davis was almost playing like a, like a, like not like a role guy, but kind of like a role player. Right. You know, (laughs) Anthony
1: Davis team,
0: which is insane. Six
1: number one draft picks. Right, right. I'm I'm pretty sure you can only play five at a time. Yeah. Uh, But, but that Kentucky team, from like an offensive and a defensive efficiency standpoint in the metrics, was the best team of the bracket era. And I would say... Florida's up there, right? Yeah, they were very... You know, they're the only ones that wanted back-to-back in that... With a lot of yeah. NBA guys. Yeah, yep. Uh, I'm going to give you a team whose metrics were out-of-this-world crazy good. Okay. 2018 Villanova. Okay. If... Do you know that in that 5 year period the first 5 years of the new big east they won two national championships they had three number 1 seeds two number 2 seeds and wait for it they never lost back to back games in 5 years
0: yeah that's crazy yeah and they developed okay. very
1: good and they developed very good nba players correct and and their 2018 team that one had three first round draft picks and the national player of the year, not three first rounders, including the national player of the year. Jalen Brunson was not one of them. Yeah. Three plus the best player in the country, best college player in the country. Like people say there aren't any elite teams anymore. Well, there was one two years ago. And I'm a St. Joe's guy, and in Philly, like I'm born to hate them. Like I grew up being told I had to hate Villanova. But like, if Villanova played in a league that was on ESPN, we would be doing thirty for thirties about them.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I I would argue. There's going to be a lot of thirty for thirties out of this year, by the way.
1: I guess. Yeah. I for me, the ultimate documentary would be. Sixty eight for sixty eight. <laughs> How about that? For you know, half wit. For sure. For sure. Where are you based, Andrew?
0: I'm based in New York City. But uh okay. Long Island with family right now, but I'm based in New York City. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm a New York Who's guy. Just, uh, in college. Man, I try and stay unbiased, man. Um, but I would say I would say I wanna always see Saint John's do well. Okay. You know, I want to see them do
1: well. I'm, I'm doing my old bracket class to a few sections this summer, and there's a diehard Johnny's guy in, in a class that started last night, and we are going to have some fun, I can tell. Yeah. Yeah. Mostly talking smack.
0: <laughs> yeah, I always want to see them do well. I feel like they're, they are the New York team, no matter what. They are the New York team to me.
1: Yeah, but I mean, it's time to
0: get back to being the New York team. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's like the Knicks. It's crazy. It's just all over the place. Well, not as bad. Not as bad. Don't compare it to the Knicks. That's not nice. No. No,
1: because like being as bad as the Knicks should be impossible in that market. It should just be impossible. Like, I understand it's a salary cap leak, right? So it's not like they're the Yankees and they can outspend everyone. But they can still sell something that nobody else can. And that's New York. Right. Right. Plus, I love the Garden. The Garden is great. Yeah, and so do
0: players that, you know, play on other teams. They want to go there and get 50 when they get to the Garden, you know?
1: Well, right. They just don't want to play for the
0: Knicks. (laughs) They don't want to do it for New York. They want to do it against
1: the Knicks. In fact, playing against the Knicks makes it more likely that they will get 50.
0: Yeah, I mean, and it just seems like it's getting worse and worse. That's the sad part. Let's end with this, Joe. Uh, Where would you rank? Where would you rank Pistol Pete all time? I would have him. Oh. I would have him. Well, like we did I, that. I would have him top two.
1: As college players,
0: yes, yes.
1: Right. Okay. So we did this bracket of sixty-four college players, right? Back in right. March. Okay. And, and he was embarrassingly underseeded and undervoted. Right, like the numbers alone are outrageous
0: 44 with no three-point
1: line and no shot clock this is insane it probably helps to have your dad coaching saying, that is, you know, it, it helps a lot it
0: helps it helps all because because when you have a coach that gives you the super green light it changes your life joe it changes right, your but life the ball
1: still has to go in the basket
0: right 100 100 but he had teams that were totally revolved around him which is great
1: I think he's I, top two. I think he's top two. Anytime something comes on that's retrospective, I watch it. Yeah. And I think he was like a 13 seed in that field. And I'm like, I don't know who the bracketologist was for this, but they screwed that up.
0: Right. So where do you place him all the time? Because the only guy I would have clearly ahead of him is Kareem. That's the only guy I could see clearly ahead. As a college player. As a college player, of course.
1: Yeah. Well, I I do think winning and and championships of course you know, yeah. matter. Yeah. So like but they have like, to outweigh those stats. You know, it, yeah, they're they and it's not, you know, the SEC is still the SEC. Like yeah, he's yeah. still playing, you know, Kentucky and Florida and Alabama and Right. Yeah. Tennessee and whomever. Like I, I I think both Kareem and Walton are in the first 5. Right, and I would definitely have Maravich. Numbers alone in the first five, I think I already played my cards on Leitner. As Leitner's up there, love him or hate him, but in terms of like career achievement, and then what? I think we've had the only other three-time National Player of the Year is Ralph Sampson. The Twin Towers so you know if if our team is Walton Ausender Samson and Leitner with pistol Pete so it's amazing
0: need- so so pistols the only guard in there
1: we might need another guard yeah yeah, yeah. We might need another guard who, who, who
0: would be the okay so let's say we only took three of the bigs I guess Samson would be pushed out right if uh oh in my mind yes yeah yeah in my so mind. who who would who would be the other guard? Who, yeah, who's this? Let's say who would you be if you were just going guards, who would be right behind pistol for you? Well,
1: maybe even ahead of Oscar. Yeah. Yeah. Like three straight Final Fours, like basically a triple double machine. Yeah. Chris Jackson. I mean, Chris Jackson's really high, right? Yes, yes, yes. But I don't think we can take two shooting guards from LSU. <laughs> right
0: right that's crazy yeah they're both from lsu
1: yeah you know and like people back in the day would talk about bob Cousy or yeah you know like the all-timers of the all-timers. you know
0: i never i never seen a game in, in its entirety of bob Cousy, so i can't rank it's hard for me well, to make two of us yeah pete i i really watched though i really i dug into the film he was good deal was, yeah joe you're always welcome back on the show, and maybe when hopefully March Madness starts back up next season, we get you back on, or even before then, whenever you want to come on the show, you're more than welcome, man. Thank you Got for Got some here. wood up there we can knock on? Yeah, yeah. yeah, let me find some. Let me find some. But, Joe let, us, Joe, let us know where they could find you. Obviously, they know they could find you. That's always my, uh, you know, that's what I do at the end of my episode. Let them know where they could find you, but they can find you on ESPN. When March Madness starts up next season, but where else could they find you on social media and everybody? Twitter's
1: probably the best way at ESPN Lenardi. Okay. Great. Great. Stay pretty active here even in the off season. Great.
0: Joe, you're always welcome back. Talk soon. You got it. Thank you. Catch you later. Yes, sir. There it is. There it was. Episode 179 of Combos Court. Thank you for tuning in. We really appreciate you. Also, man, punch down on that subscribe button if you haven't already. And big thanks to Joe for joining in. Don't forget to rate and review the show wherever you listen to Combos Court. I'll say it again because it's really important. Rate and review the show wherever you listen to Combos Court. It helps the show tremendously. Be on the lookout for episode one eight zero. Combo out.